Coog's house. The number three Coog's knockoff Oral Roberts in a big, big way by uh, 83 to 45. God, I can't even count that eye to go three and O to start the season. A dominant, dominant start to the hoops season. You are locked on Cougs, your daily podcast on the Houston Cougars, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to Locked On Cougs, daily podcast about your Houston Cougars. I'm your host, Houston-born teacher and coach, Parker Anderson, here to break down all things Cougs. If you're a U of H fan or a hater came to step by, please be sure to hit subscribe so our show can pop up in your feed each day and you can be sure to make Locked On Cougs your first listen of the day. Welcome back to the YouTube channel. Yes, they brought us back for day two of the YouTube channel. It's nice to be able to see each other again. Be sure to subscribe to this channel as well as all your various audio platforms uh like this video leave a comment remember every 250 subscribers we're going to give something away i haven't really decided yet we may do you know u of h five slam jam t-shirt some h some of the hue nil kind of merchandise or whatever uh so every 250 subscribers gonna give something out so make sure that you are commenting on the video so you are eligible to get those things if you can't think of anything to say just tell me whether or not you think bologna is a hot dog pancake all right so tonight or i guess i'm recording right after the game uh, Houston dismantled the Golden Rob- the Oral Roberts Golden Eagles. Golden Rob- the Oral Roberts Golden Eagles. Say that five times fast in tremendous fashion. So we're gonna look at who stood out first. Excuse me, in the big man category, kind of look at what big men stood out first from the game. In the second set, we're gonna look at the backcourt and the guards and see kind of how we had some pretty big games out of a couple of guards in particular, and kind of looking for more. Out of a few others. Um, and then in the third and final segment, we kind of look at like how this game translates into like what's going to come with TSU on Wednesday night, right? We play, you know, cross the street, I would say cross town rivals, but cross the street rivals, Texas Southern on Wednesday. And then obviously the big game on everyone's calendar is Oregon this upcoming weekend. So if I'm going to look at first things first, I think you got to start like at the start of the game. And J1 Roberts continues to dominate the start of basketball games. It was the third game in a row, he had the first basket. Uh, he continues to have like the really big like energy spurts right off the bat. And frankly, that's kind of the thing that Houston needed in this game. Now, like, admittedly, you know, it's a, it's a a Monday night game. It's not a giant opponent, but it's an opponent that they certainly like weren't overlooking. If you listen, like the practice clips uh, and the things that they got cut up from media stuff over the weekend. But also, it was like they just traveled back. They were at the Naval Academy playing uh, playing against St. Joe's at the Naval Academy on Saturday. They probably traveled all day Sunday and, you know, just getting back. Like, like how, how quickly they have to turn around and play again today. They were a little sluggish as a team to start, but not Roberts, right? Roberts was very quick to get his four points and got a couple rebounds early in the contest. Um, but more importantly, he was like all over the game. His imprint was left all over the game defensively. Um, I've mentioned before, I know Coach Sampson keeps track of tips, meaning how many times do you get your hand on the basketball and deflections or you know tips that could be steals or tips that could be blocks or tips that could be rebounds. I I don't have his stats for that in front of me because that's obviously an internally kept stat. I, again, shout out Sampson. I'll, I'll plug it. I think it's a good stat, and I, I, will, I will plug that thing if you give it to me. But I'd imagine that J1 Roberts is – tip number was really, really high. I feel like he was in on a lot of rebounds, and frankly, a lot of his tip rebounds 
landed in his teammates' laps. And also, like, his tip rebounds, like, kind of frustrated a lot of the bigs for Oral Roberts, right? Um, the other big that I think we all expected a big thing coming out of, no pun intended, but expected big things coming out of coming into this game was Jairus Walker. Walker's coming out of a really, really good game on Saturday, and he struggled with foul trouble early. Um, he never really got in a rhythm on O after that, right? He had two fouls in the first four minutes. It's like, ooh, buddy. And he, he just, like, didn't seem as aggressive offensively after that. He didn't get in the lane, get those floaters like he did last Saturday. He didn't get, like, in a rhythm shooting the three ball either. He had a couple good looks, just didn't go in. But defensively, once he came back in, he really didn't seem shaken. And I think that's probably more important for his role on this team. Houston's got a good roster. They can find ways to f- score around him when he's not in there or not scoring the basketball. But what Walker's going to do that makes this team a championship contending team is guard positions two through five at least. And he did that very, very well on Monday night. Um, <coughs> while his offense never really came back, I I don't know how much I'm worried about that. And I was encouraged that you think about a young guy getting foul trouble early. Would he come back in and like be tentative defensively because they won't get that third foul? And he was not. Uh, I think that showed an incredible level of maturity. Uh, my note for Reggie Chaney on big man, he came in initially for Roberts, and then Ro- uh, Walker's foul trouble meant that actually he was more or less coming in for Walker because about 10 seconds later, uh, Roberts is back in the game. My note for Ch- Reggie Chaney, big man to come in the game, first guy off the bench is, quote, energy guy dunks dunks. Enough said. Now, <laughs> I know that realistically it's probably not like a satisfactory answer for like, what's Parker's analysis on Reggie Chaney's basketball game? And he is an energy guy, but truthfully, it was just like he came in. He made a couple of like highlight type contests, a highlight type dunk and a couple of highlight type rebounds. And suddenly it's like, oh, we're more athletic than them. Let's keep this thing rolling. Right. He was just a sprinter down the floor. And there's a couple of different times that his effort in sprinting down the floor took away coverage that opened up something for somebody else. Um, so like he'd be splinting the right block. Defenders follow him. It opens up a drive to the left side of the lane. Right. Or it collapses the defense because to make sure they don't give it a dunk. And then someone's over for three or whatever, right? Like he did those kinds of things as well. But the big man that we like have to talk about tonight or today, I should say, after uh, Monday night's game is Javier Francis. Now, Javier Francis is typically the, you know, as I'm talking about this, the fourth big, right? If we think about like starting two kind of bigs as walkers, this quasi big or whatever. But Francis in just 16 minutes had 11 points, 11 rebounds. He was all over the floor defensively. Um, he, he was getting his hands up in the air and like super, super long arms are super, super frustrating for Oral Roberts, right? And so honestly, I felt like JVA Francis like kind of was one of the most important parts of this game. And it's weird to think like single players could be that important in a game where they won by, you know, almost 40 points. But at the end of the day, it also feels like, you know, there were stretches where like they they they, they shrunk it from 30 to 20 and it was like, can they make a run to stick it to 12? And JVA Francis was like, no. You won't. You won't shrink it to 12, right? Or, you know, they'd kind of get some momentum going and he'd grab a big rebound and kick it ahead for a fast break. And it might he might have like a hockey assist or whatever. And all of a sudden it's like, oh, Houston has guys coming off the bench that does this. They're really, really in a great position. And I obviously 11 points, 11 rebounds in 16 minutes would be good for anyone, right? It's especially, <coughs> excuse me, it's especially good to see it coming out of JVA because A, good to see guys like contribute because we will need him at some point walker will be in foul trouble at some point in a key game right juan roberts probably will too uh reggie cheney is an explosive guy but he's kind of boom bust having a jva francis coming off the bench is so so key 
this Houston uh, Houston Cougar team. And just like the fact that Samson has that in his wheelhouse and just has that kind of in his back pocket is tremendous. Now, obviously, Houston played it fairly safe down the stretch and like got into like the Ryan Elvin portion of the game and that kind of stuff. But those are the four bigs that really left their imprint on this game. And speaking of being safe, Let's talk about this episode being brought to you by Simply Safe. Did you know that over the holidays, property crimes like burglaries and package thefts spike nationally? That's why our friends at Simply Safe Home Security are offering 50% off their award-winning security system so that more families can feel safe and secure the holiday this season. Order your Simply Safe system for half off today and enjoy advanced security and greater peace of mind this holiday season. Here's why I love it. Okay, they've got these cameras they can put all around your property, right? In an emergency, 24-7 monitoring agents use uh, fast protecting technology exclusive to Simply Safe, and they capture critical evidence that makes sure that threat is real, so you get a priority police response, the correct type of response for uh, fires and stuff, too. It's, it's really, really cool technology, and they have sensors in every room, window, and door, HD security cameras for inside and out. You can see, now you can see where I record, I'm a sneaker guy. Sneakers. Um once upon a time at our old place, I had my car parked out front of the garage, had some sneakers in the gym bag of the trunk. Guys broke into my trunk in the middle of the night, took the sneakers. They ran away. They were red, bright red threes. I don't have, I have some similar ones, but I, I can't, I can't get the red threes anymore without like paying a bunch of money. And when the cops came, they're like, well, Parker, do you have any idea what time these guys came? Sometime in the middle of the night. Do you have any idea what type of car they had? No. Do you have any idea what type of, like, what kind of people were looking? No, nothing, right? And if I'd had a camera, like the Simply Safe security system, A, the cops might have been there before they were done going through the car. And B, they definitely want to know what kind of car and time of day and all those kinds of things. And that's the kind of things that make us go get Simply Safe for our home as well. Don't miss your chance to save big on the only secure system I'm going to recommend. Get 50% off new Simply Safe system at simplysafe.com slash locked on college. This is their biggest discount of the year, so don't wait. That's simplysafe.com slash locked on college. There's no safe like Simply Safe. Now, if we're going to look into like the guard play from this game, I think it's, you know, we got to start with Jamal Shedd because Jamal Shedd is the point guard. And I'm taking a little heat on Twitter because I mentioned. I don't think this was his best game. Now, um, I, I'm not going to back down from that. I think in the three games that we played the Houston Cougars this season, that was kind of his third best game, <laughs> right? That that's the way things go. And also, like, <coughs> I think we got to contextualize how well he played in the first two games. Coming into Monday night, he had 17 assists and two turnovers for a point guard. That is Hall of Fame level good, right? A just. Simple stats, assist turnover ratio, 17 to 2 is Hall of Fame level good. Monday night, he had three assists, two turnovers. That's like above average. Right? Like it might even be average. Right? Like I heard I heard a college coach one time say good is three to one. Right. So like theoretically, he's kind of just had a come down to earth kind of game offensively. Didn't have a bunch of points, right? Um, and that's fine. That's totally, totally fine. He's allowed to come back down to earth especially in like the early part of the season, those kinds of things. Um, what I was impressed by was having a rough offensive day did not deter anything that Jamal Shedd did defensively. Jamal Shedd was still getting his hands up in people's faces. He was still getting his chest up in people's chests. He is still working people off the three-point line. And he did a great job of contesting three-point shots without being 
out of control. Or Roberts likes to shoot three-point shots, right? They really, really like they shot uh, what does it say? 38 three-point shots in 40 minutes tonight on Monday night, right? Now, that's a lot of three-point shots, considering like how many more shots will get the rebound number seven a second, like Houston had, right? So you think about that's like a, sh- a three-point shot a minute, and they don't even necessarily have a possession every minute, right? That's a lot of three-point baskets shot by them. And he's contesting without leaving his feet, without being out of control, and without being like undisciplined the entire time. He drove their star guard, or Roberts, Max Amba's nuts, right? He drove that guy nuts. He had an awful, awful game relative to his norms because of the defensive pressure. And I'm really happy to see that Jamal Shedd was not thrown off defensively when it would have been totally normal to sulk in his first bad offensive game of the season. Meanwhile, his backcourt teammate, Marcus Sasser. Marcus Sasser is a stud. I mean, this guy is a bona fide NBA basketball player. It's a really privileged to watch him play, right? I guess a critic or an NBA scout may be like, well, Parker, he's like a 6'1", maybe 6'2", shooting guard, and that's going to take the right situation and so on. And that's fine. You can say it all you want. I can sit there, I'll sit my sit my tea. And we'll sit there and talk about how like that's fine. You can take him, you don't have to take him. I'm taking him every time. In the first half alone, I wrote down three different this guy is an NBA guard type of moves he had. First series I thought of when I was, you know, putting this together was he had one moment he had step back three at the top of the key, right? Uh step back three, <coughs> lost the defense, step back, wet. Next play, he had a steal on that led to his own fast break dunk. Boom, boom, back to back. Now, that's an NBA play in itself, right? Back, like, making three plays. So, getting three plays to, like, kind of swing the momentum your way. Doing that on your own means you're ready for the next level, right? Um, obviously, at, like, a few minutes later, like, at the seven-ish minute mark of the first half, he goes off a high ball screen with the five. I believe it was Cheney at the time. Um, and he kind of goes off with his left hand and kind of goes to the middle of the floor. And then weaves back to his right hand and gets the right uh, right block down by the basket. And then gets the defenders up above him in the trees. And like you would tell a young guard not to go up in the trees, right? He gets them up in the trees and uses the rim, puts that left hand around the basket and finishes the left hand on the other side of the basket. <coughs> Ooh. Sorry. Anyway, he finishes... <coughs> I promise I keep testing negative for things. I don't know what this is. Anyway, he finishes at the left side of the rim. <coughs> Whew. Okay, let's start that over. He comes back to the left side of the rim with his hand after doing the work to the right block. And that was a true pro-level move, right? A true, true, true pro-level move. And the third say in the first half was the last play of the half. After a block to send the ball into the front court. You know, he's got his eye on the clock. He understands what's going on. He released the ball, like, with less than two seconds left from the logo and knocks down three. And that is, like, stuff we see Steph Curry do. Now, he's not a Steph Curry-type shooter, but he's pretty freaking close. And I have to say that, like, in the second half, they just kind of took the foot off the gas and didn't need him to as much. But it still kind of felt like in the second half, whenever he had to do something, he was able to. Speaking of guys that were, like, able to do whatever they wanted whenever they wanted, We've gotten too far in this episode without talking about Tremont Mark. Tremont Mark had a like best game of the season type of game, 
23 points, 8 of 12 shooting, 6 to 6 in the free throw line. And again, he only played 28 minutes, right? Now, um, <coughs> this is the kind of like getting back to Tremont Mark that we were hoping to after we saw him go down the injury last season. We're hoping after a full year of rehab and all that kind of stuff, we kind of get him back into this right now. And we did, right? We did. And frankly, I thought it was really fascinating that like, this was not like, like he went eight for 12 shooting. I'm going to say he didn't get hot, but this was not like he got hot for a stretch and hit four threes. And we just kept kicking, kicking, kicking. It wasn't that kind of 20 point game, right? This was not like a leaking out on the coverage and backside for layup, 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 like not that kind of a 20 point game, right? This was not even like they gave him one defender that couldn't cover him. They kept, you know, you saw Or Roberts throw a bunch of different guys at Tremont Mark throughout the game, and it didn't really matter what they did. What was fascinating watching Tremont Mark dominate the game was that he just never got rushed. He was always, like, with his long strides and long arms, he always was kind of just a step ahead of the defense. No matter what pace he wanted to play with in the half-court stuff, he got to his spots, got to that 15-footer, he got to the 15-footer, didn't pick up his dribble, hesitated, and then put the ball back on the floor against the rim. Like he just he just did crafty things that meant the offense, uh, the offense went through him and the defense had no idea what was coming because he was just kind of feeling what they wanted him to do and then doing the opposite, right? Um his length really played a big role in his offense in a way that we hadn't seen against two teams against both Northern Colorado and St. Joe's earlier this year. And frankly, it was probably a bigger difference between his length and the guy covering him earlier this year. So it's interesting to see like, Oh, it, why did it come out in this game? Um, the other thing I thought was interesting is like his length seemed to also bother people defensively. He really, really got after and hands the passing lanes and had a few different deflections. I don't think qualified at his steals because other guys picked it off, but he definitely was a you know, disruptor defensively. And it was really, really interesting to see that like, you know, whenever Houston needed a basket, they could bet on Tremont Mark, right? They could put down that, hey, we need something. I'm betting Tremont Mark's got something. And they could go to him the first half, explode the lead out, got too far away. And the second half was just fun after that, right? Um, speaking of betting on Tremont Mark, betonline.net is your number one spot for sports betting info, stats, news, and analysis. Get the latest odds and trends for every professional and amateur league out there from football and basketball to soccer and esports. We've got it all at BetOnline. Net. Uh, we're always the fastest and easiest way to get your betting fixed. And if you love sports podcasts, you can find those and bet online as well. Head to the website today. Here's your mobile device to learn more. Bet online where the game starts. This weekend, betonline.net has Houston as an underdog heading to Eastern Carolina to play football. Uh, they have as they have Eastern Carolina, I should say, favored by six and a half points. They're setting the over underline at 68. Look, call me crazy. I'm taking Houston again. And I'm definitely taking over 68. <laughs> like, I, I've watched Houston play this year, right, every week. I've done some studying on East Carolina. We'll talk more about that on Thursday. And I can tell you right now that that game is going to be at least 38 to 35. Like, at least. Like, that's going to be a high-scoring affair unless Hogerson proves me wrong and the defense shows up and shuts it out. In which case, I'll happily be wrong the over-under. But I'm taking Houston, and I'm taking over 68 points. That's what I'm telling you to place your bets. I'm telling you to do it at betonline.net. All right. Now, in our last segment here, we are going to look at kind of what this game teaches us about Texas Southern and what we can take from this game as we get ready for Oregon over the weekend. Now, 
Oregon is a really, really good basketball team that Houston had had their way with in the past. But Oregon looks better this year. Um, not that the Pac-12 looks better this year, but Oregon does look better this year. But I don't think we should look too far ahead of them, right? Um, Texas Southern beat Arizona State over the weekend. They played a competitive game against Texas Tech. They've got us on Wednesday. They play Oral Roberts on Tuesday in between. So I guess technically would be like, well, they have to play back-to-back, whatever. And you're right about that. And then next week to play Kansas, right? Texas Southern is the kind of school that's been winning the swag for a while now. Um, and while they feel like a little brother in school size because they're across the street, right? This is not a little brother program. Texas Southern has built a pretty strong program. So we shouldn't look past them. And I want to kind of talk about them on the same page as Oregon, not because they're necessarily as talented. I think Oregon might have a pro or two. But because they both have dominant bigs and both will test Houston in kind of a similar way on Wednesday and Sunday. So if I'm looking at like what we can take away from the Oral Roberts game and getting ready for that, the first thing is, is like that, that burst of energy that J1 Roberts gave us to start the game, start the half. He's had the first basket in each game so far. We're going to need that again, right? He's going to have to like take it to these big guys in both Texas, uh, both with Texas Southern, I guess that's in Houston. It would obviously be in Houston. Duh. And then against Oregon as well. And frankly, if he could get their big fit guys in foul trouble, especially Nefali Dante of Oregon, because he's susceptible to being got, like caught in foul trouble. Um, if he could kind of work that because he's attacking early and we can kind of set that up through him, it opens up a lot of stuff throughout the rest of the game. Right. Um, I think that in looking at that too, like if we're going to bring Cheney in, Reggie Cheney as our first guy off the bench, another big man, like come in and be that spark. Bluntly, Cheney's not getting enough minutes to worry about foul trouble. Come in and hustle. If you get a foul or two, screw it, right? Um, all that said, we we have heard in the past, you know, Kelvin Sampson does not mind fouls. If you think he kind of coaches to foul and says, let's see if they call all of them. Looked like a Monday night they might have. And so, like, if we're looking at, like, how he's going to play against Oregon, that's fine because, as we just saw on Monday night, we got JVA Francis. So I'm going to sit my teeth. We got JVA Francis, and we ain't worried about it. We got plenty of dudes back there. You ain't even seen Darius Bowser. That's a fifth-year senior, right? Like, like, like Houston is ready for this kind of game, which is going to take energy and effort plays out of those big guys, and that's going to be really, really important in those games. And I like that we saw that last night on Monday night against Oral Roberts. I like that we can see the trend in that direction and Jarris Roberts. I know he got thrown off a little bit in the Monday night game, but we've seen him stretch the floor as a stretch big. And frankly, if we can pull one of those bigs away from the basket in the Oregon game, because Oregon plays two of them at once, ooh, man, that could be a big, big deal. Um, as far as the guards go, and what we took out of the guards in their first couple games of the season, looking at Texas Southern and Oregon, you know, obviously we know we're going to get out of Marcus Sasser. Um, I'd like to see... St. Joe's, I like to see, I'm sorry, I like to see Northern Colorado or, or Roberts Marcus Sasser. Uh, I don't know if we can survive Oregon as St. Joe's Marcus Sasser. Um, just, it kind of felt like he let, he let himself be passive in that game. And again, they didn't need him to be anything else. They won by 50 points, whatever, right? But um, some of those pro dribble moves, I think, can kind of backbreak a defense, especially when like the Oregon defense prides itself on a big guy, right? The TSU defense prides itself on forcing you towards the big guy like a funnel, right? And if Sasser can be like, I'm going, I'm going, step back. All of a sudden it's like, ooh, your strategy sucks because we got Marcus Sasser, <laughs> right? Like, like, like all of a sudden it's like, whatever you drew up on the chalkboard, Samson's got this ultimate trump card in having 
Marcus Sasser, right? Um, so having those kinds of games can be really, really important. I do think for his own confidence coming off the big injury last season, and frankly, like he was out for a lot of, if you go back and listen to the preseason stuff from camp and stuff like that and, and the summer work, Tremont Mark missed a lot of work. I'm sure Monday night was a big confidence booster for a guy coming back from injury like that. And so I'm excited to see him continue to build on that. I'm not saying he's getting 23 points a night. Now he might, but I don't think he will. Right. But having like 23 points a year, 15, like he could average 18 because he's somewhere in the middle. Right. <coughs> now those kinds of things would be nice at Tremont Mark. The truth is, is having his length on the defensive end to guard whoever they're, because Oregon, frankly, Texas Southern has a guard that is over 6'3 as well. But Oregon will have several guards over 6'3. So having Tremont Mark on the floor to cover those guys would be nice because we know that Marcus Sasser and Jamal Shad are both listed at 6'1. So obviously, we're going to need some help there just from like a, a back and down, don't whatever size. Um, Jamal Shed did have an average night Monday night. And that initially makes you think, oh man, like, you know, Texas Southern, you might could get away with that. They don't quite have the guard play. That, again, big guy focused. But, like, Oregon's going to have Pac-12 caliber guards. Like, those would be at least three, four, three-star, four-star kind of guys. And, like, Oregon, Oregon's good. Like, what's going to happen there? And I think that the interesting thing is that the defensive side of Jamal Shedd's Monday night, while it does not translate statistics to anything too crazy, will be fine against Oregon. I would like to see a little bit better assist turnover ratio. I don't know if we can survive with the 3-2 rate. You know, obviously, like, Six four is di- feels a little different than three two because while well, the ratio is the same, you got more assists. So I guess maybe we can talk about that being different. But truthfully, I'm looking to get more like you know six two kind of number if I'm looking at the Oregon game. Um, Texas Southern, we might could get away without it, but I really, I really think we're gonna need him to play a little bit more solid. I don't need, I don't need him to get twenty points. If he does, man, that'd be great. But I think that he's got to be a little more solid in the Oregon game on the offensive side of the ball because he's so, so good at controlling the pace that Monday night they just kind of gave that job to Tremont Mark. Um, I, I don't think we're going to be able to just hand it to Mark in the same way, and I'd like for Sasha to focus on scoring. So if that means Shed has to do that, it does. And the other thing is that, like, eventually one of these bench guards is going to show up, right? Um, I, I kind of think after Monday night it's Arsenal, and we'll talk about that in a second, but, like, Emmanuel Sharp needs to come in and be a sharpshooter, or Ramon Walker needs to come in and be the Dobbin floor hustle guy. I remember the Wichita State game with him last year, right? Like he needs to be able to do that consistently because one of these guards is going to get in foul trouble the same way Jarrett Walker did, right? And that's going to happen as well. We got to be ready for that. I think after Monday it's Terrence Arsenal though, and not just because he's located for Beaumont. We all love Beaumont, but he seemed to just always be in the right place when he got in the game on Monday night, and like it's not a tangible skill. But that is a skill I'm keeping my eye on with him, right? Like he was able to like just be near the big. He didn't get the rebound, but when a big gets a rebound, he gets it and brings it down. He's like, whoop, my ball, right? Like he's able to do that in a way that like is instinctual and hard to teach. Um, he, he had his own handful of rebounds. He had his 14 points. Um, he had one beautiful like three look silky smooth. He was open, but like silky smooth three from the corner. Like those kinds of things I think make me feel like it might be him very soon. It's can it be him by Saturday? Cause I just feel like we need to go to the bench for some guard depth on Saturday. And if it is, and it's, is that way this early in the season, we're looking at a really dang good basketball team. Now we're going to keep previewing this all week long. Uh, we're going to talk some about Texas Southern on Wednesday's episode as well. 
Thursday, we're going to preview the football game a little bit because we do need to change gears. We, we have football team season not over. Um, and then on Friday, we're going to do some looking ahead and kind of split the Friday episode up a little bit with some football preview and some basketball preview with Oregon over the weekend. You can also find me unlocked on college basketball actually on Friday. We're going to do a little bit more talking about Houston, Oregon in a more grandiose sense on that show as well. You can find me all the time on Twitter at Painsworth512, right? P-A-I-N at where to go? Uh, there it is. P-A-I-N-S-W-O-R-T-H-512 on Twitter and Instagram. All my social media handles, I'm talking Houston sports all the time. The Astros, you have there, the Astros just won the World Series. We'll talk about that for fun. We're talking about the Houston Rockets and the rebuild they got going on. I got plenty of thoughts there, too. Uh, we're, we're talking all kinds of Houston sports. Make sure you find me at Pains the 512 to talk about those things. Obviously, all Cougs all the time. If you're looking for a second listen of the day, first, I want to say thank you for making us your first listen. And second, I want to recommend Locked on Rockets because Locked on Rockets is doing a great job with Jackson Gatlin, host there of breaking down the Houston Rockets rebuild and what to find amidst all these losses to continue to build on and be positive about. So shout to Jackson for that. We're going to keep winning on our side, but thank you for breaking down the losses on your side. Be sure to like and subscribe. Hit the YouTube channel up. Remember, every 250 followers give us them away. you got to comment to be able to get something when we give it away. And we are part of a Locked On, Co- Locked on Cougs, I should say. It's part of Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Go Cougs.